The Chargers had some big needs on their offseason checklist, but the two biggest boxes that they checked off were getting more explosive on offense and upgrading at offensive coordinator. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss a show, go follow or subscribe for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got? Today, we are getting into the off-season needs checklist. We're going to try to take a look and see what the Chargers were able to accomplish this off-season and some of the things that they have not got to, like you know them adding to the tight end room or adding to the safety room. Those are some of the things that haven't quite got done yet, but a couple of things they were able to do, uh, add upgrade at offensive coordinator and add some speed and explosiveness on offense. Yeah, and that was something we just harped on right before the off-season was just like, first of all, we all were ready for Joe Lombardi or to at least have a different offense coordinator than Joe Lombardi, right? The biggest mm-hmm. thing besides that was needing to get more explosive on offense. We were yelling it from the mountaintops, and it wasn't the first offseason we've said it. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash today to get started. David, it starts, I mean, when you're looking at the biggest needs on the Chargers offseason checklist, those are some of the things we started with, right? Speed. Joe Lombardi had to go, but there were so many other things, right? Being able to re-sign the big three, the Morgan Fox, Trey Pipkins, Drew Tranquil, and they got two out of the three of those, right? And there's just a lot they did do and a couple of things they didn't. But if you're talking about getting faster and getting more explosive on offense, it does feel like that is something they checked off in a big way in the draft. Absolutely. I mean, it was clearly a very high priority for the Chargers, and it was intentional in the way that they drafted. They needed to bring in guys that were going to help solve that major issue that they really had to, you know, really address. Uh, after last season, they, they look at their their offensive, you know, their offensive skill position group, their wide receivers, and they know that that room was not going to get it done. That is not was that room was not going to get them where they wanted to go and reach that next level that they all expect to reach this offseason here. And that's why they go out and get Quentin Johnston, the guy who was able to force 45 missed tackles across three seasons at TCU. And that's why they were uh, you know, very intentional about grabbing Darius Davis, one of the absolute fastest receivers in the entire draft, a guy who has a big special teams pedigree and uh, you know, a really uh, a guy that can get things done on offense as well. So just injecting speed directly into that offensive skill position group. It needed to be done, I think, especially just because the Chargers have, at some spots, an aging skill position group, right? Like, Keenan Allen is getting up there in in age, and he is not one of the more explosive receivers in the game. He's more crafty than he is explosive. Mike Williams 
can make big plays, right? I mean, big play percentage-wise, he's still not near the top of the league. I mean, but still, he can make big plays. It's still not explosiveness, though, right? It doesn't bring really after-the-catch ability like you hope to get with Quentin Johnson. And there's not just a true burner between those two guys. Josh Palmer really isn't that either. Jalen Guyton in a certain role is good as well. But the Chargers definitely, in those regards, got more explosive and got faster on offense. I mean, you did need a guy who was going to be a yak threat, even if he's not a 4-3 guy. We know that his game speed is actually faster than what his 40 time was, right? The GPS times will prove that. He runs away Mm -hmm. from plenty of defenses, and he's just a threat with the ball in his hands, which the Chargers just had nothing, really, in that regard. Darius Davis... That one's interesting because, yes, you get a 4-3 guy, you know, the fastest wide receiver at the combine, but he is also a guy that didn't have a propensity for catching deep balls at the collegiate level, right? And really would factor to have more of a gadget role in the Chargers offense. That's still fine. You needed all of those things, but part of what you added in explosiveness and speed, you don't really know what part of the offense he is going to be at this point, right? I think Quentin yeah. Johnson's obviously the big name here. Being able to re-sign Jalen Guyton and Donald Parham helps you, right? Those guys are both athletic for their position. But I do think, though, the Chargers did really only add speed and explosiveness to wide receiver because if you look at running back and tight end, those groups are pretty much, well, they really are exactly the same. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and that was definitely something that was a little bit of a surprise to me, uh, especially, I mean, if you, you talk about tight end, especially with this class being, you know, one that was, you know, notoriously very deep uh, in tight ends, and a lot of them went early. And, and unfortunately, it just didn't break that way for in the draft for the Chargers to take a tight end. But it, that one was definitely a little bit head scratching just because they talked about it and they talked about it at nauseum. They brought it up multiple times and they knew they knew it was an issue that they wanted to address and they just didn't get that uh, opportunity to do it. Yeah, and I think the other big thing that the Chargers are hoping that really helps them explosiveness wise is having new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. And I think when the Chargers season ended, we knew it had to be an upgrade over what Joe Lombardi has brought to this team over the last few seasons. And if you're looking for explosiveness and getting it specifically from scheme instead of actual additions, because there weren't very many additions to the Chargers offense, you know, outside of the draft especially, this is a guy that should bring more of those, right? I mean, if you look at just last season, the Chargers, especially in the running game, right, were terrible at creating explosive plays. They were 29th in 10-plus yard runs in 2022, which is awful, right? The fourth worst in the league. Horrible. While Dallas was seventh, right? That's much better. Mm-hmm. Top 10 offense and, you know, an offense that didn't have all its guys for much of the season either. And if you're looking at the pass plays and explosive plays in the passing game, the Dallas Cowboys and the Chargers had the same exact amount, right? Which in a vacuum, you might say, okay, well, you're not really getting an upgrade there. But then you look at the circumstances and you realize they had the same amount of 20 plus yard passing plays, even though the Cowboys threw it 155 fewer times, had Cooper Rush starting for five games and only had one 600 yard receiver, right? So it's like those things aren't the same. So it seems like David, the Chargers definitely checked another big thing off their offseason checklist by bringing Kellen Moore over Joe Lombardi. And I think what I, I love about the, the stats and stuff for Kellen Moore is, is it's not just recent success. It's success that he has been able to spread over the four seasons that he's been offensive coordinator. 
he has ranked and the, the Cowboys offense has ranked number two in the NFL in total offense. That's 391 point, uh, excuse me, 391 net yards per game and scoring at 27.7 points per game. Also, the Dallas Cowboys offense was one of the best passing offenses, 264.4 net yards per game and also ranked seventh in the league in rushing offense, 126.6 yards per game over that four year span. So that is not just a one off. That is proven production over the entire time that he was offensive coordinator. And also, I think this is one I love the most as far as the average distance last season passes for Dak Prescott was 8.1. That was 11th in the league. Justin Herbert, 6.3, 31st in the (laughs) league. So what was one of the things that we wanted to see, wanted to see them air it out. And that's what we are hoping to see. And at least what we've seen so far in OTAs. Yeah, and that has been the one of the most, you know, promising reports that has come out so far is just that the Chargers, right, Daniel Popper saying this is not Joe Lombardi's offense. That was great to see. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at what the Chargers did compared to what the Cowboys did over those four years, I mean, it's hard to imagine this isn't going to be an upgrade. I know Cowboys fans have their gripes. I also don't think of, you know, the guys that Kellen Moore was under as super great offensive minds like Mike McCarthy, right, or Jason Garrett, like I feel like those guys were more likely holding him back than pushing him forward. Yeah. I think that he is undoubtedly an upgrade over Joe Lombardi. How long will it take for everything to click? Those are the things we don't know at this point. But this is from Eric Smith. Some of the things he said, second in yards and points over those four seasons, which is awesome. Eighth in EPA per play. Ninth in EPA per drop back, right? Which is all great. Like Those are all top 10 numbers across the board during his yeah. four seasons. You look at red zone scoring, they're top 10 in that as well. If you're looking at you know not turning the ball over most of the time, they were pretty good at that as well. But it's more impressive, David, when you think about the fact that over those four years, Dak Prescott missed 19 games. Wow. That means he missed more than a full season, right? That would be like taking Justin Herbert's three seasons and then adding in whatever Easton Stick did this season if you were to have to play the whole year, right? And then still hoping you had a top 10 offense. Spoiler alert, that wouldn't happen. So I think that's crazy to think of that he had all of those numbers and put those numbers up, even though he was missing his starting quarterback for that big of a chunk during that four-year span. I mean, Kellen Moore, one of the most important additions to the Chargers offense. Winning with whoever is available to you. That, I think, is one of the great marks of an offensive coordinator is being able to use whatever pieces that you have at your disposal, no matter who's leading, and making the most out of it. Kellen Moore has proven that he's been able to do that. Yeah, and I think that he has to come through. He has to be an upgrade for the Chargers to take the next step offensively. We've seen it even in Joe Lombardi's offense. It can be a really good offense. Now we want to see it become not only a good, efficient offense, but an offense that threatens all parts of the fields and really caters to Justin Herbert's biggest weapons. But there were other needs that the Chargers checked off their big checklist this offseason, including re-signing two of the three of the big three we thought they had to retain as far as their internal free agents went. And we have to get into those guys coming up right after this but i do need to tell you guys that you guys for the last time should be making a fast break to FanDuel during the nba playoffs while you still can potentially because tonight could be the last game of the nba finals you guys don't want to miss out because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars up from a thousand dollars that's twenty five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and i mean what a game right close out game you're going with Nikola jokic 
Are you going with Jimmy Butler to find it in the middle of the series? I mean, it feels like everything's going the way of Denver right now. They get a chance to close it out in front of their home crowd. I know I will be watching. But the other great thing about FanDuel is they have great promotions going on every day. They make it enjoyable and find really, really fun bets for you to make. And it's always on a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, David, well, let's get to the rest of this Chargers offseason checklist. And one of the biggest things we harped on going into the offseason was the Chargers finding a way to not only be able to retain their biggest internal free agents, but being able to make enough space to bring back their most key free agents. And I think it starts with the big three, the guys that we unequivocally wanted them to be able to bring back, even with their limited cap space. And it was Morgan Fox, it was Trey Pipkins, and it was Drew Tranquil. And then when you look at that, David, the Chargers restructured all the contracts they had to right with their big stars, and they found a way to bring these guys back and also not add on to the list of needs that they already had. Not only that, but I, I think that if you look at the value of the contracts that they were able to sign with these players, I think that just makes it even sweeter because yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the especially the Morgan Fox deal, I, I mean, that one just was mind-boggling to me. I don't know how they are able to get that contract done at that average annual value when I was expecting him to make that per year. And Two not, years, $7.25 million, we should say. Yes, yeah. yeah, 7.2. I was expecting him to make $7 million per season, let alone <laughs> getting him for two years at that cost. I think that was just absolutely phenomenal work by Tom Telesco and Ed McGuire and his, you know, his team there. And then Trey Pipkins bringing him back and getting him for about $7 million per season is just a tremendous value. I mean, a guy who uh, has shown you that he's been able to mature and develop and grow into a very, very you know, high quality, I would say, very competent right tackle and a guy that's still young and a guy that can still get even better. So I think that you add him to the, an offensive line that you, you know, for the first time in a very long time, feel very, very good about. You get to keep that continuity. I think both of those moves were fantastic, and I think they are both going to pay dividends for the Chargers for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, and the only guy they didn't bring back out of the big three was Drew Tranquil, who ended up going and signing a one-year, $3 million deal for the Chiefs. And we'll get into that. But yeah, Trey Pipkins, three years, $21 million, $7 million per season, which if you're talking about starting right tackles in the NFL, that's very, very reasonable and very, very. low. And you're talking about pass rushing defensive tackles that just gave you over six sacks in a season. I was surprised. But it seems like the undrafted free agent thing definitely followed Morgan Fox there. I mean, I thought he would go yeah. for a lot more. Drew Tranquil, on the other hand, the only reason I think that one hurts a lot less is because the Chargers ended up bringing in Eric Hendricks. So you're hoping that Eric Hendricks can be, a, you know, an upgrade over what Drew Tranquil was, which yeah. is hard because it's like you saw that Drew Tranquil was undoubtedly one of their most consistent, best defensive players of 2022, right? There was a lot of problems, but I would put Drew Tranquil very far down on the list of problems. I think there's things that Eric Hendricks does obviously better as far as filling in the run game missing less tackles and things like that. But we'll have to see. And I think that's a question we'll have to get to later, which is just, did the Chargers add enough to the defense in general? Because that was a unit that was not near the top of the league, I would say, last year and hasn't been <laughs> under their defensive you know, mastermind head coach, Brandon Staley, quote unquote. But 
Dave, there was another thing that the Chargers, especially after free agency ended, had to address when they didn't in free agency because they had so little cap, which was how are you going to learn from your mistakes in 2022 and find key depth at positions that absolutely derailed your season, right, and made your season that much tougher? Also, because the Chargers' depth that they did have last year at a lot of other positions was the only reason they made it to the playoffs to begin with, right? Like, guys had to step up. Guys like Alohi Kilman stepping up and Morgan Fox stepping up and Kyle Van Noy stepping up. Those are the only reasons you got to where you were. Now you have to do the ones that actually killed you, which were at wide receiver and edge rusher. And we talked about a little bit at wide receiver, but that was mostly about speed. Yeah. Adding bodies, adding depth to that position was something outside of speed the Chargers absolutely still needed to add, no matter what, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, there's no way that you can sit here after last season and how that uh, unfolded where you had practice squad and XFL wide receivers out there for multiple games and sit there and not do something about that position group. So yeah. that's why it was important that they double dipping it and that they did it. Uh, you know exactly multiple times and adding multiple bodies to that room i think after last year you you know they're not gonna ever go with five five wide receivers again i think you can expect going forward it will be six wide receivers i think that's what it should be and then yeah the edge room as well i mean that was crucially important that they did it and did it early like it wasn't just about doing it but it was about bringing and using a premium asset to be able to fill that room so bringing in you know, Tuli Tui Pelotu with that second round pick and adding to that edge room, definitely just creating some more, you know, competent, hopefully edge players in that room that you feel good about that can help you against the run and as a pass rusher. Well, not only for this season either, right? Because even right. though both of these are, are thought of thought of as positions that you needed to really fill the depth. Really, what you needed at both of these positions but before it came an emergency situation in 2024 was finding the heir apparent to these big contracts that you already have on the roster to give That's you flexibility true. with four guys in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack that all have cap hits of $32 million plus in yep. 2024. So you needed to find the heir apparent. We don't know if that's what these guys are yet, right? Right, Like We we don't know that they will step into that, but the Chargers went out and spent premium resources hoping that they will give themselves some more options. Yeah, giving them a better chance at addressing those things, right? But also immediately and hopefully getting impact in 2023 too so you can maximize this season while you still can have all those dudes because like we talked about, the everyday is no last Friday. This is the last go-around, or last week we talked about This is the last go-around for this unit as it's yeah. currently constitutes, yeah, this right? Core, like right? this core is only going to be here for this last season. This is the last run for some of the big name players that are chargers favorites out there. That's just what it is. I think the one fair thing you can question, even though the chargers check the boxes off of trying to fill those things, right? Is if the chargers did enough at edge because last year, basically Tuli Tua Pelotu is taking the place of Kyle Van Noy, right? At right. least as far as who the next edge rusher is on the field sure. after your two main guys. Whereas Quentin Johnson's kind of taking the spot of DeAndre Carter as far as, you know, who he is upgrading over. So that one you feel better about. You feel good about the edge at wide receiver with the additions that they made. Edge rusher, it's a lot harder, I think, to sign off on the group as it currently is because you didn't bring back Kyle Van Noy. You're putting a lot of pressure on a literal 20-year-old in Tule Tule Pelotu to potentially carry your pass rush if one of your stars goes out, right? And you're banking on a lot of improvement from Chris Rump. So I think it is fair to question where the edge rusher group is, even though they added to it. 
Uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely fair because I mean, you, you got to think about it. If they're if Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack get hurt, then one of those two guys that you just talked about is going to get major, major snaps, and you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to be relied upon to be much more solid against the run to have, to be able to provide pass rush to be able to get after the quarter. They're gonna have to be solid, competent football players. And like last year, they had to really try to come with a lot of different places to try to patch that group together. So I think you would feel so much better if you're able to add somebody who's a little bit more of a veteran that you can add to that group and really kind of get a good rotation so you can keep these guys healthy and getting after it all season long. But according to Kyle Vannoy, the Chargers didn't want him back, right? So it's like yeah. be careful of not wanting the veterans back at your own risk because now you have a third-year player with not a lot of snaps and rump, and you have a first-year player in Tuli Tuipolotu. Can yeah. those guys maintain the pass rush if you lose one of your stars? Because I think we can all say in 2022, the pass rush fell off a cliff as soon as Joey Bosa left the field. So Amen. how do you avoid that? Will they avoid that in 2023? It's hard to say because there's still a couple question marks we don't know about yet. But there really is on the entire defense. So I think it's fair to question whether the Chargers upgraded a defense enough. That really underwhelmed, I think, in 2022. And I think another big thing they haven't checked off the checklist yet, David, at this point, is signing Justin Herbert to his massive extension. So we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. We talked a little about a little bit about the Chargers finding depth at certain positions defensively, but I think the defense isn't talked about enough, maybe by us or just by the general kind of anything with the Chargers, you know, fan base, social media, whatever it is, about the defensive side of things. Because we all wanted to add speed. It was the first thing out of our mouth. We all wanted an upgrade over Joe Lombardi. It was the first thing out of our mouth, right? A lot of people wanted Staley too, right? That's something that didn't get checked off of certain Chargers fans' off-season checklist. But that's just for today's show. We have to get into that because later on in the week, the Chargers have mandatory minicamp. The last time we're going to see them in a practice setting for a month, every day is already know we will be back with you guys talking about that on Wednesday and probably on Friday as well if we can get enough out of it and we see some good stuff coming out of Chargers' mandatory minicamp. Looks like everyone should be there. We'll know more on Wednesday, but... I do want to talk about the defense in general, David, because I think that is, if you're looking at, hey, how many did you upgrade the Chargers defense enough? That is something that would be a hard box to check at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some obvious uh, glaring places that you feel like, man, I, I would feel a lot better if they added another you know, quality body to this room. The first one that screams out that we have said all offseason is the safety position. It's just something that for us, like last year, like it just looked like a glaring hole that they did not address, yeah. like just something that was burning. And they didn't add, haven't added anybody to this point. So they're really banking on JT Woods to be able to have a huge jump in his second yeah. season. They're probably going to be looking for contributions from guys like Mark Webb and, you know, other places, you know, other players to be able to fill out that room. And I just don't feel great about it. I think, you know, they try to add some bodies to the defensive line. I think I'd still like to add a little bit more to that room. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks there on the defensive side. And the safety one to me is the biggest one. I mean, I think you can question the defensive line. I mean, you have 15 bodies in that room right now. I don't know how you're adding anyone else to that room, especially after the Nick Williams signing. But that's going to be tough to see who even makes a squad. And if not, it's going to be draft picks from one of the last two years that gets bounced. So I don't really blame them for not addressing that unit more. But I think if you're looking at safety, 
Yeah, I mean, you're banking 100% on Derwin James staying healthy for the entire season, and he's been mostly healthy, but he has missed five games over the last two seasons and got you know ejected from one of them last year. He missed most of it, too. I think the biggest thing here is just, are the Chargers banking too much on that four-game win streak at the end of the yeah. season against terrible quarterbacks, which is what happened. And that was yeah. the best we had seen the Chargers play. I think they allowed an average of like 11 points over that four-game span, and then you had the game at the end of the season and the playoff game where it felt like they totally lost any momentum that could have been carried from that. If you're looking yeah. at just what the straight additions are to this team, you drafted Thule, you drafted Dayon Henley. We don't even know if he's going to start yet over Kenneth Murray or not. And you have Scott Matlock, who I think could be a nice rotational piece even as yeah. a rookie. I'm very, very high on the six-round pick. But I think like if you're talking about additions, Eric Hendricks, you're hoping, helps you a lot in the middle yeah. of your defense, helps you a lot in the run defense game. I think you're hoping that your you know secondary can stay healthy and also tackle a lot better than they have been. Yeah. You know, with guys like J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Nazir Adderley missed a lot of tackles. Lohi Gilman yeah. missed a lot of tackles. Derwin James missed too many tackles. So you're banking a lot on that. And I think you're banking on if Dayon Henley could potentially be an upgrade over Kenneth Murray, but we don't even really know how much of a shot he's going to have at that at this point, yeah. right? Just coming yeah. in at the bottom of the deck. get on the field, right? Well, he's yeah. a third-round pick, too, right? I mean, you, if you're banking on a third-round pick to change the outlook on your defense, you're really, really getting your hopes yeah, up for something. Yeah, you're grasping for straws there, Yeah, right? grasping yeah. for straws for sure. But I think if you're talking about where the Chargers are thinking they're going to get help defensively, it probably just has to be health is the main oh, thing, yeah. right? Like getting J.C. Jackson back. Getting Joey Bosa back on the field, right? Hopefully Having for Derwin most James. of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's nice to see him out there right now. Yeah. And, you know, not having the devastation you had to your defensive line room like you did last year with Tito going down and Christian Covington going yeah. down. Austin Johnson. Just regressing like to just, the mean, please. Well, <laughs> yeah, regress to the mean would be nice. Regression would, yeah, that's all we're hoping for. Just a little bit better, right? <laughs> yeah. Just a, a normal injury season we would take in a heartbeat. But please. another box that has not been checked off unequivocally at this point yet is the Chargers extending Justin Herbert, which we both said as soon as the offseason started, give him the blank check, do what you need to do. I think the reason that comes later on this list, David, is because We've seen some quarterbacks get paid. We know about what it's probably going to be. Joe Burrow still hasn't gotten paid yet. But at the same time, it's something we feel like is 100% going to happen and probably during the next month. Yes, I expect that this contract, and honestly, I feel like it's going to get done before training camp. I think the Chargers want that. I think Justin Herbert probably wants that. Just yeah. get it done, get it out of the way so that when training camp gets here, Justin Herbert can focus on getting that offensive playbook down, mastering it, and then just opening up a can on the entire league. Yeah. That is what everybody wants here. I think that's going to happen. I think this is just a, a very, you know, hey, the contracts of this size, they take time. And there's a philosophy on this. And I'm sure that, you know, the player's agent, Justin Herbert's agent, wants an opportunity to get him paid now. And get him paid later, and the Chargers want to sign him for as long as possible to control that cap hit. It's just part of business. We're going to see which one of those philosophies eventually wins out. I think Justin Herbert's just counting down the days until he doesn't have to be asked about it, pretty much. I'm sure I mean, that's probably the case. <laughs> I think the biggest question, honestly, from that is just, will they be able to create the cap space in his early years, like other teams have been able to do with their franchise quarterbacks, to yeah. try to get as much you, as you can out of the window of time where you have him without egregious cap hits, right? It can yeah. be done. You have yeah. to put a lot of money out. It takes the ownership putting a lot of money in up front. 
we'll yeah. see if they're willing to do that and how they Sign kind of structure it to right? try to you know, help them still be able to build around a dude who's going to make a ton of money and will probably be made the highest paid quarterback in the league. But I do want to hit on one thing that the Chargers did not check off their offseason checklist, which is upgrading the tight end position, David, because it's hard to upgrade it if you made no new additions to the room. So Brandon Staley came out and said, we want to upgrade the tight end position, called out Trey McKitty specifically. We know Donald Parham was injured. Gerald Everett is good. I like Gerald Everett. Still, yeah. It's hard to say that they upgraded at that spot this year. They didn't. They did not at all. They didn't do anything. It's hard to say because it didn't happen. Yeah. Exactly. It's impossible to say because they didn't add anybody or anything of note. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was expecting this. I mean, I wanted them to. It felt like this was another just obvious, burning, glaring hole that needed to be filled, that needed to be addressed, and early on, and that didn't happen. It just yeah. did not happen. Not not in, in free agency, not in the draft. And honestly, I think at this point, you have to think that the Chargers feel like they are okay at that spot. They, yeah. they, like, they're good in the tight end room. I think they're expecting guys like Trey McKitty to take a jump and you know Stone Smart to maybe be able to jump into that room or Hunter Campmoyer, guys that haven't really done a whole lot up to this point or guys to take that big leap. Like yeah. Donald Parham. I mean, is he going to go from potential to production? We're going to have to wait and see on that. But, I mean, that's why I think this room looks incomplete to me. I mean, there is nobody, like you said, Daniel, there is no heir apparent in the room. There's nobody past this se season that you feel really good about sticking and being that next go-to guy at the tight end position for Justin Herbert. Yeah, Gerald Everett's contract is up at the end of the season. Donald Parham's on a two-year contract, but I think probably this year will go a long way in deciding if he's back in 2024. It probably will be just because they're not going to have a ton of space. Right. I, I think Donald Parham has improved a lot as a blocker. They'll need him to be. And I think the hard thing is that Trey McKitty is the only guy with a blocking profile, but he was such a major disappointment in 2022. You just can't bank on him you yeah. know, being a lot better. I think with Parham, the tough part is just like at a certain point in the league, you are what you are, right? And like he, now he's going into year four. It's hard to bank on any kind of big leap from a year four player. But we've seen it before, right? And Trey Pipkins being one of those guys. Tizier White being one of those guys. Drew Tranquil yeah. being one of those guys. Ole Gilman just had his best year in year three. So it happens, you know, but he's, I think the biggest thing with him will be health obviously yeah. just being yeah, on the field on the to field. be able to put on yeah. the, up the numbers yeah this is the spin i would put on it though david because even though the chargers have a very flawed room and we thought they would address trying to get more of a blocking tight end with kellen moore who used so much of that in dallas but at the same time if there's a, something to work with because i do think they're going to have one of the more athletic groups of tight ends in the entire league this year you have three guys who are yes. four or six guys at that position in parham everett and also stone smart and i do like stone smart as far as just an offensive weapon as a fully yeah. rounded tight end i think he came into the league at 226 as far as weight that's going to be tough for me to buy into we will see but i do think it will be an uber athletic group and i think what the Chargers are banking on is that a lot of the improvements coming from this group will be because of new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, which is why that was such a big box to check off the offseason checklist and such an important addition and why it's so important that he actually is an upgrade over Joe Lombardi. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you guys for checking it out. We will be back with you guys on Wednesday as the everydayers know to make sure you don't want to miss it. 
Go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show is page at LockedOnLAC. You can also find us at LockedOnChargers on Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We will probably be doing some fan mail stuff depending on what happens with Minicamp later on in the week, so you guys make sure you hit us up for that. And on Wednesday, we'll be back with Chargers mandatory minicamp the last time we're going to see these guys for about a month we're excited to see what happens at chargers minicamp but we will talk to you guys then until then take it easy and go bolts